0: Good morning. morning. My name is Patrick Vaughn and it's a privilege to be in worship with you this morning and to share God's word with you. I have known uh, Pastor Dave for a little over 20 years, which is wild. I was a student at the University of Washington and he was my pastor at University Presbyterian Church and my wife and I have both been mentored by Dave. He helped us discern a call to go off to seminary, to Princeton Theological Seminary, and then we served as pastors together for 14 years in California, and now we're back in the area. This is my mom up here. I grew up in Snohomish, just down the road on Highway 9. So um, it's wonderful to be here, like I said, and worship with you and get to preach at Dave's Church. He is a great pastor, as you all know. He's uh, wise and caring, and he has that great laugh, a great sense of humor, and uh, so I am glad to be in and around him again. So let's pray before we jump into this word for us this morning, just like Peter jumping into the water. Um, Let's pray. God, we pray that you would Be present with us this morning in this Easter season that you, just as you showed up and surprised your disciples, that you would show up and surprise us this morning. Be present to us, speak to our hearts, and send us out as your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's gospel lesson is from John chapter 21. This is one of my favorite chapters in the new testament after these things jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of tiberias and he showed himself in this way gathered there together were simon peter thomas called the twin nathaniel of cana and galilee the sons of zebedee and the two others of his disciples simon peter said to them i'm going fishing they said to him we will go with you They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. But after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of your fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them, and went to the shore. The net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This now was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had raised, was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. like i said i love this chapter it's the third time after the resurrection that jesus has appeared to his disciples he's appeared to mary outside the tomb Uh, the first time he appeared the disciples were scared of the jewish leaders were told and they've locked themselves away in the upper room they're scared and resurrection bodies are incredible because the doors locked we're told but jesus somehow passes through and gets into the room and appears to them and they're overjoyed but thomas isn't there and so the disciples tell thomas thomas you won't believe it jesus was here he's raised he's alive and and thomas goes i'm not i won't believe it unless i put my hand in his side and see his wounds and so jesus what does he do he shows up to them once again thomas is there this time And says Thomas here I am here's my wound put your hand in my side here are my wounds and Thomas says this amazing declaration of faith my Lord and my God and so then the disciples on fire for Jesus go out preaching and healing people and forgiving no they Peter goes I'm going fishing who's with me and Six of the disciples say uh, we're in let's go let's go fishing and they go back to what they were doing before they met Jesus. They go out on the the Sea of Tiberias and go fishing. and this scene, I love it because it's kind of surprising. It's kind of comical, you know, Peter putting on his clothes and jumping into the water. And then we're told by John, I feel like it's a little dig. We were only 100 yards from the shore. <laughs> like you almost imagine them beating Peter back as he's swimming with his clothes on. Have you ever swam with all your clothes on? It's hard. But I, I find myself wondering, you know, why, why is Jesus so gentle? Jesus is so gentle in this passage. Jesus gently calls his disciples into this newness of life. And that's kind of the theme we're going to circle around this morning. Jesus gently calls his disciples to newness of life. And his gentleness surprises me because if I were Jesus, and thank goodness I'm not Jesus because I'm way more judgmental than Jesus. (laughs) I've wondered, Jesus could be on the shore shaking his head, wagging his finger. What are you guys doing? The father has sent me. So I send you and you're fishing. I breathed on you the Holy Spirit when we were gathered, when I appeared to you and you're out fishing. What are you doing? Oh boy, I picked the wrong guys. This mission is doomed. They're just going back to what they did before. But Jesus is so gentle. And Jesus picks this moment, when they go out fishing on the Sea of Tiberias, to replay his initial call to them. Did this scene remind you at all of Luke 5? They're out fishing, they've been fishing all night didn't catch anything and some yahoo on the shore says hey have you guys tried the other side putting your nets on the other side of the boat and i can just imagine these guys are professional fishermen they're like whatever like we're hungry we need some money in our pocket and so we'll try the other side and then the nets are bursting and they get to shore and peter says i am a sinful man and jesus says follow me and he takes them on this incredible journey, adventure, following him. It's a replay, John 21, of that first call. Jesus is so gentle. He picks this moment that he knows is going to remind them of their call to follow him. And the disciples, I wonder if they're out fishing because these scripts of disqualification and unworthiness are running in their heads. I wonder if Peter says, I'm going fishing because in his head, it's just playing over and over again, that threefold denial. Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. No, I'm not. I won't do it. Not me, Lord. And then he denies Jesus three times, denies knowing Jesus, denies being a disciple three times. And Peter, I wonder, even after Jesus appears to him twice, it's still thinking to himself, I'm not worthy to go and to call people to be this community of Jesus followers. I'm, what happens when the going gets tough? If I, am I just going to fold again? What if I get put on trial? Am I going to fold again and say, I, I'm not a follower then there's Thomas. I wonder if Thomas is disqualifying himself because of his history of doubt. He makes this amazing declaration, my Lord and my God, but then he's just rerunning those words. Jesus says, blessed are you for believing, but blessed are those who believe in my name without seeing me. And Thomas going, I didn't believe when I didn't see. And now I'm supposed to go tell people about this risen Jesus, and they're going to believe without seeing? I didn't even believe without seeing. How am I going to go tell people, invite people into relationship with God and into what God is doing in and around them? Scripts of disqualification, of unworthiness, I imagine, running in these disciples' head. And so they return to what they were doing before, to life before Jesus. I think that's what this fishing episode kind of stands for. It's life before Jesus. It's going back to what was familiar, to the way that the world was working before Jesus showed up in their life. I found myself just asking myself, how often do I disqualify myself or think myself unworthy of following after Jesus, unworthy of God's love, unworthy to, to call and, and follow him or incapable, of not having the right words or knowing quite like, oh, my little act of service, like what kind of impact is that really going to make? It's a long story but in the fall of 2019 i was a pastor down in oakland with my wife and i had a bicycle accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury and spent 21 days in the hospital so that was in the fall of 2019 pandemic hits closely after that while i'm still recovering and my wife and i sensed a call of god releasing us from pastoring because I needed to enter a season of recovery and recovering from a brain injury takes a long time. And so even in that recovery, I still find myself, I've been in seasons of God, why did this happen? Do you love me? Or questioning my capabilities. Can I still show up and preach? And how can I serve you? Uh, I worked at a grocery store up PCC Kirkland for a year, a little over a year. And then now I work as a paraeducator at Frank Wagner in Monroe. And, and just kind of wondering, God, how are you going to use me um, in this moment? And questioning. And it's easy to disqualify ourselves, to find ourselves unworthy. That, how can God love me? God really knew, and then like Peter, fill in the blank, or Thomas, fill in the blank, fill in the blank for yourselves. But Jesus shows up and gently calls us into relationship, into newness of life. Jesus shows up on the beach while they're out fishing and gently calls them. It's Jesus who initiates with them, they're the ones who go off fishing have these things rolling around in their heads and Jesus goes after them he picks this moment to call them again to himself and they're out fishing and again (laughs) no fish they're getting skunked again and he says hey uh, children I love that um, the NRSV translates it children. The NIV says friends, but it's, it's literally children. It's Jesus' term of endearment for the disciples, children. It's not a diss, like, hey, kids. But it's children. They're his children. It's a term of endearment. Children, try the other side of the boat. And I wonder if, the, like the first time, they're like, oh, who's this yahoo on the shore? All right, we'll try the other side. And then it's full. And it's in that moment that it clicks for the disciple whom Jesus loves. And and the light bulb goes, it's an epiphany. The light bulb goes on. It's the Lord. He turns to Peter. It's the Lord. And, And Peter, everyone else is just like, oh my gosh. It's Jesus again. And Peter throws his clothes on because who wants to show up before the Son of God in your skivvies? Like you got—it's a sign of respect to throw your clothes on, but he could have just ridden in the boat the hundred yards ashore. Um, and they they get to shore, and Jesus says, "Bring some of what you've caught," but he's already got breakfast made. The fish are already cooked. The bread is ready. But Jesus—it's an object lesson. Come. Use the gifts that I've given you, these fish, and contribute to what I'm already doing. It's so gentle the way that Jesus does it. He doesn't lecture them. It's an object lesson for them to experience the provision of God, to be invited into what he's doing. And it's a meal of reconciliation, a meal of restoration, where they are disqualifying themselves, thinking thoughts of unworthiness, In this moment with Peter, it's not just a moment for Peter. It's focused on Peter, but it's also a message to the other disciples there, gathered there. This moment of reconciliation. Peter, we're all good. And the way I'm going to communicate that, I'm going to ask you if you love me three times. And you're going to tell me that you love me three times. Unlike the denial. Peter, do you love me? I love you, Lord my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? I love you. Peter, do you love me? I love you. You know that I love you. Reconciliation is hard. It it hurt. Peter said it hurt. Going through reconciliation is a hard process. If you've ever gone through reconciliation with a friend or someone you've wronged, it's a hard process, but it's in that moment that it's communicated clearly to Peter that all is good between the two of them. And then it's a moment of restoration, a meal of restoration, of restoring true identity as God's beloved, as God's disciples. Come follow me again. Come be, remember I said I was gonna make you into fishers of men. I'm gonna make you into junior shepherds. Go and feed my sheep. You are my beloved. Jesus is communicating clearly to them. You are my beloved and God delights in you. Come join me in what I am doing. And it's a meal of abundant provision. The Sea of Tiberias is right next to that feeding of the 4,000 that happened. Jesus has the bread already ready and breaks it and gives it to them. It's a You have to imagine that the the disciples are recollecting the Lord's Supper. They're recollecting that feeding of the 4,000 of of super abundance that Jesus super abundantly provides for them. Jesus fills not only their hearts, but is filling their bellies and is saying, I'm going to provide you with everything you need to join me in this mission. I'm going to provide you with the gifts that contribute to what I am already doing all around you. And then Jesus, when he asked Peter, feed my sheep, it's also a commissioning to the other disciples. It's an invitation to to go and to be disciples, to contribute, to go and be part of Jesus' mission. Jesus is so gentle in his communication to them in his interactions. What a beautiful scene. I just picture them on the beach sharing this meal. The sun's coming up over the sea of Tiberias. They're sharing this wonderful meal. They're laughing with friends. They're enjoying fellowship with one another. They're encouraged for the road ahead of them. Jesus gently is calling you this Easter season into newness of life. Jesus is gently calling to you in this Easter season into newness of life. What is that newness of life for you? Is it a renewed sense of your belovedness? Are you in a season where you need to know that God delights in you? Jesus delights in you. He's gently calling to you into that renewed sense of belovedness. Or is it into a renewed trust in God's provision that God will provide for you in the midst of uncertainty, that God will provide for you and fill up your hearts, will provide for your needs in surprising ways. For me, that's been Something that I've sensed God calling to me and saying to me in this season right now to trust him, that he will provide, that he will make a way. Uh, We left everything, community and our vocation in California. And there's been a lot of uncertainty for me around like tangibly, where are we going to live we were living in a mother-in-law apartment for a little while, for a year or so when we first moved back. And, but God has surprisingly provided for us along the way. God's provided this opportunity to, to work at Frank Wagner, which is a five-minute walk down the street instead of an hour commute for me now, and a wonderful school to be a part of and kids to serve. And God, I imagine, will continue to provide and surprise for me. Is God inviting you into a renewed sense of trust of his provision? Or is God inviting you into a renewed sense of call to come and to feed his sheep, to contribute your gifts that he's given you to what he's already doing around you? Who are the sheep in the pasture with you, around you? Is there a coworker that you can feed their soul by offering a word of encouragement, or writing a note? Or is there a neighbor down the street in mourning that you can provide a meal to? Is there a nonprofit that you had been thinking about volunteering at, and now it's opening back up and volunteer opportunities are beginning to arise that you can step into? Is there a way that you can just give generously of yourself instead of worrying that, oh, I'm not smart enough or I don't have enough to trust that you have enough to say yes to that person who's asking you for something? Jesus gently is calling us into newness of life, to renewed and restored sense of identity as God's beloved into a renewed trust in God's provision, a renewed sense of being part of what he's doing all around us. Jesus is gently calling to you, gently calling you into newness of life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.